All right. Well, we'll get started here. Um, just want to welcome you, Julie. Thanks for um, sitting with me and agreeing to have this conversation. We're doing the Unpacking Depression podcast. For those of you who haven't been listening to other episodes of this, my name is Eugenia McGuire, and I'm a social worker. I decided to um, dive in and do a little project on depression, wanting to hear people's stories and learn more about it and um, just kind of unpack the, the questions and the understandings I have about it and want to give people a chance to, to share more and help me learn and um, we're just kind of diving in and I've had some really, really inter- interesting conversations so far and my understanding of depression and my um, the questions I have are changing and the story I have about myself is changing so it's, it's been very fruitful so far. So um, I'll say more about that as we go along perhaps um, but just want to welcome you Julie so I'll pass it over to you to introduce yourself in whatever way feels right for you in this okay, moment. <laughs> okay, um, I'm Julie, Julie Kiefert. Can I say my last name? Yep, sure. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's totally up to you. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm a social work diploma student. I'm working on getting my degree and becoming a registered social worker. Um, I'm with Northwest College right now, and I'm doing my practicum at Eugenia's um, in job. Place of employment. Place yeah. of employment <laughs> at, at FCSS um, in Leduc County. So doing lots of work. I'm still learning... Um, more about mental health myself, but I've definitely had uh, previous experiences with it, with my family and whatnot in the past, so, yeah, and my own personal experiences, so, mm, Okay, yeah. okay. So, in terms of, like, I mean, I mean, I guess everything definitely weaves together. It's hard to just parse out one thing and say, like, let's only talk about depression, but that's definitely kind of the main focus, mm-hmm. um, but I know that, you know, as soon as I bring up that topic, it weaves into so many other things, yeah. right? Like yeah. anxiety, mental health in general, you know, all those things are mm-hmm. connected. But in terms of just kind of depression, so have you had um, an experience of that personally? Personally, I have not experienced depression. Okay. I've experienced anxiety. Okay. I have generalized anxiety disorder. Um, I take medication for that. It's an ongoing struggle. But in terms of depression, I have had lots of family experience with that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. my uncle has bipolar um, disorder, so he's been medicated for that, been mm-hmm. in and out of hospital with that for as long as I can remember. Um, so you've seen the, the manic and the depressive yes, in him. Yes, yeah. I remember that he used to uh, he play guitar, mm-hmm. and his wife actually up leaving him and he ended up smashing his guitar Mm. so I guess I don't know if that kind of fits into manic or depression Mm. but like trying to wrap my brain around bipolar Mm. and you know one minute he's he just gets super angry and you know that's just his person it's like it's almost like it's his personality too like you're you kind of walk on eggshells around him because you don't exactly know is he going to be in a good mood today, or is he going to be in, like, a... Is he going to snap back at you and be like, why did you say that, or, you know, things like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so many things are woven together. I mean, the the kind of volatility emotionally. Yeah. Um, I mean, that sounds like it's almost like another piece of the puzzle, right? Like, not necessarily part of the bi- 
bipolar. I mean, they all. Yeah. <laughs> they all, um, but I think of bipolar as the the episodes of having mania, mm-hmm. and then going into a state of depression, mm-hmm. and kind of going back and, and forth, mm-hmm. and like the explosive frustration is kind of more. That's what sticks out to me the most. That's yeah. what I remember the most. Like I don't really see him when he's down. Oh, okay. okay. Like well, I, maybe that's yeah. Maybe he doesn't see people when he's mm-hmm. in a state of depression. Mm-hmm. But he's really got it figured out, and he's on the right track now. Mm. Like, like he had to go into the hospital for a long period of time to get his medications and his counseling mm. figured out. Yeah. And once it kind of, once he kind of got stabilized, um, yeah. Now you couldn't, you couldn't barely tell aside from the fact that he does have mm. these altering, like. Is he having a good day? Is he having a bad day? You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that's what it's mm-hmm. like. But before, I think it was much more extreme. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Also, like drug use and stuff was in mm-hmm. the mix. So yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. so many pieces. Yeah, humans are so complicated. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think with depression, people often go off and do it by themselves. Yeah. You know? So I definitely have seen that with him. Mm-hmm. So when did depression kind of like when did you start to realize that 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 you knew what depression was or when did it kind of come on your radar? Um, I would say when I was like nine years old. Mm-hmm. My mom got pregnant with my sister, and um, she was in a verbally abusive relationship with my sister's dad, mm-hmm. and um, she got postpartum she had to go into the hospital and I didn't really understand like I knew that she would get you know sad sometimes before my sister was born but after my sister was born it just it spiraled out of control like just like my mom was in the hospital getting treated like every month if not every other month so as a nine-year-old and she had a brand new baby my sister had to go with her dad and they broke up and it was all kind of just crazy and then I would just spend time with my grandma so Mm -hmm. my grandma was a strong person in my life who I relied on and going to visit my mom in that kind of uh, environment in in the hospital it's like when I went to visit her there's so many different types of people there right so yeah like in the psychiatric ward in the psychiatric hospital so like not just depression like there was people Mm -hmm. with like schizophrenia like Mm -hmm. drug problems like and I'd see them walking down the hallway and it would be like this is normal this is Mm -hmm. this is my normal like this is nothing I had seen before and my mom is here to get she's like these people that's kind of what went through my head Mm -hmm. you know was it alarming like scary for you I would say go there Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. what did people tell you like what words did they use to explain what was happening to a nine-year-old? Oh, I don't know. They just said postpartum, de- your mom has postpartum depression. Okay, okay. Yeah, and I would just remember being so angry. Like, I just would be like, why is this happening? Like, why can't I go see my mom? Like, I just want to be with her. Uh-huh. And then when she'd be home later on, when she, because I think she was there at first for a very long time, like, they really had to keep her in, like, a bed and keep her, like, medicated and try and figure out her medications. 
So after that, when she would when she would come home, she didn't do anything. She would just stay in her room and you know sleep and mm. yeah, can barely shower, barely brush her teeth, barely brush her hair, and I just didn't really get. I'm like, where's my mom? You know, like I had grown up up until nine with a mother kind of figure. Uh-huh. She couldn't work. She couldn't couldn't take care of herself. So. So you would, like, go to school during the day and come home and she'd be, like, still sleeping or something. Yeah. And what would Just, you do? Like, would you try to, like, Yeah, I would, like, and go stuff? and, like, but it would be, like, a dark, like, I'd go and I'd hang out in her dark room with her and say, like, hey, like, you know, she, maybe we'd watch a movie together, but that's still her in her, um, still in her space, you know? Like, mm-hmm. there was no getting her out of that, that space. Mm-hmm. So, and I didn't understand. I didn't understand it. Mm-hmm. It's hard. Do you remember, like, anything that you would say, like, to try to no. understand or to try to get her to, like... I would just do well, Go back to the way you knew her? Yeah. I don't know. I would... If I tried to talk about that, I feel like she'd get very emotional and she'd feel mm-hmm. very, very bad about herself and mm-hmm. feel down about the way she was like Mm -hmm. she just and then the attitudes that she was getting from other people were kind of like well get out of bed like get yourself up you know like why is there anything why are you doing this you know right just blaming her yeah and then she was also struggling with like she couldn't have her new daughter so she only had like limited visitation with her brand new daughter just lost her relationship with the like the emotional abuse that she was having from her ex like yeah and then you know I was kind of living in that situation too right like I I moved out and kind of lived with them for I don't know I think a year or so when my mom was pregnant with my sister but yeah so you mean you went um you went and stayed with her ex yeah and and her Okay, so this was with your mom when she was with? Yeah, when yeah, she yeah. was pregnant, yeah. Okay, because you said moved out. Had you lived somewhere else? I had lived with my mom and my grandma. We've always oh, lived together. Okay, okay, so. okay. Yeah. And yeah, I think she needed that extra support. Like, she she had me when she was, like, 22, and then my yeah. dad kind of ran off and wasn't in the picture, so she had my grandma and me. Mm-hmm. Like, that's who raised me, so, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, it's funny, actually, because my I talked to my grandma about, um, I've talked to my grandma about depression, and I'm like, where do you think this has came from? Like, does anyone else in the family have it? And she's like, yeah, actually, like, I'm pretty sure my mom, my grandma's mom, had it mm. pretty bad, too. Like, she was in and out of the hospital as well. Mm. So I'm like, this runs in the family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, should I be worried here? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you described kind of the situation with all that your mom went through. It's, it's, it makes sense that a person's brain would be completely overwhelmed. Oh yeah. And want to not want to. Sorry, that's not a, not the right way of saying it. Instinctively, kind of try to shut down or just be so overwhelmed, mm-hmm. right? Like with having been in a emotionally abusive relationship, and then from there that. You know, when you're in an emotionally abusive relationship, you're you're very 
you're trying to cope within that, mm-hmm. that can be very alarming, mm-hmm. right, to kind of just, like, be on edge and survive, and then that kind of goes away, and your whole system, mm-hmm. you know, kind of just crashes and shuts down. It's like, oh. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. yet there's this huge heartbreaking traumatic separation yeah. from her from her newborn, which, you know, when you can't, when you're powerless, you can't do anything about the situation then she was just too, too busy struggling with her mental health yeah she didn't she couldn't get fight in a court system right mm-hmm. like who's gonna who's gonna advocate for her and and she can't care for her child she's too mm-hmm. you know down mm-hmm. yeah yeah so postpartum turned into turned into just regular you know what is it called Depre- depressive disorder what's the mm-hmm. general term for it yeah like the um, medical term for depression what is that again um yeah what's the word yeah. I'm looking for like where it's where it's severe basically like I don't know clinical depression yeah I clinical guess. Yeah, yeah very clinical so mm-hmm. yeah time went on and she you know all the medications weren't even working so then yeah. they decided to do ECTs electric electroconvulsive therapy where they basically hook you up to like like put you under and hook up like electricity to your brain and zap Mm -hmm. you a whole bunch and that leads to like memory loss i'll be like hey mom do you remember when i was little and this happened and she's like no actually like i don't recall like i don't even remember what you said to me last week yeah yeah that's so sad and yeah scary Mm -hmm. yeah when they're all at that sort of medical system is always looking to try to alleviate someone's symptoms or suffering in that when when it doesn't when, when the brain is not, I look at the brain as not being disordered, mm-hmm. right? The disorder model says, we see these symptoms, there's something wrong with your brain. Mm-hmm. Whereas I look at it and think, there's nothing wrong with the brain. It's actually trying to manage mm-hmm. to the best of its ability, given what it's been through. Yeah. Right? And just managing the symptoms does not solve the underlying problems mm-hmm. that led to the arising of those symptoms in the first place. Yeah, that makes right? sense. Right? It's like know people go through all of this stuff and it's it's heartbreaking it's trauma it's trauma yeah just throwing some medication in there or you know zapping it away or you know just i think there's not doesn't resolve the their theory the behind it is the uh the imbalance of hormones and chemicals and neuro neurons in your brain not working properly or whatnot yeah. but like is that really the bottom line yeah it's like, well, they are working properly because they're trying to, they're trying to navigate yeah. all of these things that have happened. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So did she get to reunite with her no. daughter? No. No. Never. Actually, now she can't visit her at all. Her, do- her daughter doesn't understand it. Mm-hmm. My sister, and she doesn't want her in her life because it makes her uncomfortable. My sister, I think, is struggling with her own anxiety now and, like, getting her own counseling. So, Mm -hmm. which, naturally, because she hasn't had a mom in her life and all she's known is a father, so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know so much heartbreak without any actual resolution. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then you throw, you throw, um, substance abuse in the mix there, Mm -hmm. which, which causes, you know, circumstances for... PTSD to happen, seeing things that 
or being circumstances where it's not so comfy, not so safe, mm-hmm. which just compounds the depression. Yeah, yeah. And compounds everything and makes everything even worse. Yeah, yeah. So. No kidding. It's hard to see the resiliency. It's hard to find the, to have a strengths-based approach to, to it, you know? So where was your grandma, like, had she basically moved out when your mom moved in with with her partner at the time, like, who um, is the father of your um, sister? My grandma had her own place, mm-hmm. so my mom moved out, I moved with my mom for a bit, and then, yeah, when my mom was in and out of the hospital, she was staying with my grandma, and then eventually... My grandma was like, I can't do this anymore, Mm. mentally, emotionally, like, trying, like, family members being impacted by someone else's depression is insane, because they're like, like, people think they're the enablers, or people think that, um, like, I don't know, like, maybe my grandma was enabling my mom to just stay in, stay in her room, because she would provide meals for her, and, you know, she wouldn't have to leave, but... Yeah, well, that's just taking care of some, you know, yeah. caring for somebody, right? But, the, but yeah. that's society's yeah. society's view, and that's kind of how I viewed it until right. I kind of decided that, you know what, I want to educate myself on this. Mm-hmm. Because all I had was people saying, like, why, why isn't your mom getting out of bed? What's wrong with her? Like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, man, I don't know. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to go on this mm-hmm. adventure and this mission to like educate myself on mental health and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. try and be compassionate towards it instead of being like yeah exactly ignorant you know the the whole enabler thing it's kind of the assumption there is that somebody is willfully Mm -hmm. just being lazy or something Mm -hmm. that they're just choosing Mm -hmm. to lay in bed or whatever as if anybody would choose that reality yeah um obviously driven by instinct emotion mm-hmm. lack of capacity mm-hmm. right that you could simply just decide to yeah get up and turn it all around and just be functional yeah when clearly there's a reason why the person isn't able to function mm-hmm. and then it's like well what do you do mm-hmm. what 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 are the steps that you take what if someone isn't curable what if they're just gonna have depression for their mm-hmm. whole lives that's kind of where I'm at right now mm with it personally yeah yeah because my mom's I'm 20 I'm gonna be turning 22 and my mom's been in and out of the hospital since I was nine and she has there's no there's no there's no end in sight Mm. I don't I don't think that she's ever gonna not be in the hospital right 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 Mm -hmm. yeah 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 and I mean some people do get kind of stuck where it doesn't seem like there's a likelihood of things getting better. That's not to say that they, yeah. that they can't, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but also we don't always have control as external parties mm-hmm. to come in there and say, listen, like, <laughs> I'm going to make sure this that you get well, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yet so many people do get well, mm-hmm. right? They really do go on that healing journey out the other side of horrendous traumatic events including you know very complex developmental trauma over a lifespan and you know not to say that lickety split boom you know yeah but they go on that journey of mm-hmm. you know 
many layers and grief and feeling and counseling and healing and whatever it takes kind of thing, right? Yeah. yeah. You'd hope you'd hope someday it would be gone or it would be kind of alleviated, but I feel like it goes in waves where I'm like, I finally see my mom again. Mm-hmm. And she's happy and then the next day I'm getting a phone call, Oh, I'm going back to the hospital. I need to get more ECTs mm-hmm. And I'm like, Well, man, you can barely is it gonna come a time where you can barely remember my name? Like mm-hmm. You're 43. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it's really hard to watch a family member. It is. Well, the system, like, doesn't offer this the more kind of, like, in-depth healing processes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And society doesn't really offer the community support. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like a tribal environment or something would, right? Mm -hmm. Like, basically, it's kind of like, you're on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, what we have to offer for treatment is just something that's symptom-based. We're mm-hmm. just going to try to kind of tinker with or correct the symptoms at a superficial level, mm-hmm. as opposed to helping the person yeah. dive in to resolve the underlying trauma. Yeah. And the wounds and all of that hurt mm-hmm. that needs to be grieved through, felt through. Mm-hmm. But I think then it can also be argued that that there's people who have had a perfect, pristine, what society would deem a perfect, pristine upbringing, and they haven't had any traumas or anything like that, but they still experience depression, then it's like... You know what, though? I would beg to differ. You beg to differ. I would. Because, um, uh, have you ever been to, like, a Gabor Mate seminar? No. Okay. So, I've seen him do this many times, where, um, the person who's kind of in the crowd um, says, well, you know, I didn't, you know, nothing was wrong with my childhood. Mm-hmm. You know, I just happened to have this, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. Whatever story or ex- explanation they have. I have a chemical imbalance. I'm just this way. Mm-hmm. There's no reason for it at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and literally five minutes into the conversation with them, mm-hmm. you know, the audience is watching and he's having this conversation and Five, it doesn't even take five minutes, actually. Usually it's like 30 seconds. Yeah. A few things you start to realize, oh my goodness, yeah. I see it all. Yeah. Because we don't have an understanding of attachment. Yeah. We think that the perfect childhood consists of something materialistic. Mm-hmm. We have um, a timeout culture, mm-hmm. separation-based culture, mm-hmm. right? It's not about, is it this overt trauma? Mm -hmm. You know, you went to Vietnam or something, so to speak. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Like, yes, of course, traumas are big separations. Yeah. But think of all the little separations that we consider normal. Mm -hmm. A time out, for Mm -hmm. instance. Mm -hmm. Using someone's basic need for attachment, Mm -hmm. their preeminent need, Mm -hmm. and creating a separation and using what they need Mm -hmm. against them. That right there mm-hmm. is like courting depression. Yeah. Instantly. So you think maybe Western, Westernized culture? Oh, yeah. Western culture blame. is, oh, yeah. Completely. Yeah. Completely. So it's, it's like a, it's for an epidemic, like, yeah. with depression. Like, totally. Like, something needs to give. Yeah. Almost every parent I talk to, you know, just a few minutes into the conversation, it's obvious that there hasn't been room for emotional expression. Mm-hmm. The whole kind of idea, um, societal idea of raising children, 
is to teach them through consequences mm -hmm. and separation. Punishment. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly, is to teach them to behave a certain way. Yeah. Which usually involves overall emotional repression. Mm -hmm. So there isn't the development that it allows a person to express themselves mm -hmm. and eventually develop um, the integrative functioning, the integration of all the feelings, not just the repression of all of them. Yeah. To be civilized is to bring them all What does this feeling in. mean? Yeah. What, why am I feeling this? What made me feel this way? Exactly. Yeah. And expressing it and letting it out and having someone be there with you mm -hmm. to feel it, not to be left alone to say, you young, undeveloped child, just somehow figure out how to manage your emotions. Yeah. Like, you don't have the development. Yeah. And you're not going to get it because nobody's allowing you to express. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of like push it down, behave yourself, mm -hmm. and a child does that in order to get love because they need to. So you think that chemical imbalance stuff is mumbo-jumbo per se? Except I, for maybe postpartum. I think that, well, yeah, postpartum is an interesting one. Let's, let's talk about that and see if we see where we get. But the whole, like, chemical imbalance label, to me, I don't want to say, like, oh, that's mumbo-jumbo. I think that that's, that the, the chemicals in our brain are a reflection of the context that we're in. So what do you say when someone brings genetics into it? Well, you just think that maybe those people are more prone, and if something small happens to them, then it can be blown out of proportion? Genetics, I don't, like, I think there's genetic factors to things. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I don't want to, it's a complex equation of many things, mm -hmm. but to just say, like, there's this genetic thing not so much genetic with a lot of these emotional problems I don't think mm -hmm. right because if you look at okay well it's in the genetic lineage well why is it in your genetic lineage because there's been these conditions that have been passed down yeah. through the context of the attachment relationships mm -hmm. right or like people even say like um, you know uh, well someone is um, adopted mm -hmm. so that maybe that's genetic but even adoption in and of itself yeah. is a huge separation. Mm -hmm. It's a huge attachment separation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That in and of itself is like a fundamentally huge separation. Of course, you can kind of like, mm -hmm. a child can bounce back from that if the, their attachment needs are met mm -hmm. and like, you know. I think where my brain just goes is like, if my mom, my grandma's mother had this, yeah. pretty much reflective of exactly what my mother's going through. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, is it just coincidence? No, 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 no. No, see, no. that's like, it's yeah. genetics. Well, but if you look at, like, the attachment relationships, right? Mm -hmm. Like, your grand, your, your mother's mother's mother, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Um, the conditions of that, that emotional environment, mm -hmm. right, were such that, uh, so a, a depressed parent is an emotionally unavailable parent, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So a child whose mother is depressed is um, going to have a response to that, mm -hmm. right? And some, there's a, a, a plethora of responses. Let's just say that your um, grandmother's response to her mother being depressed um, maybe was like an alpha response. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll just step up and I'll take care of everything. I'll take the lead. Mm -hmm. 
which is maybe a little bit different than a depressed response. Mm -hmm. Rather than to shut down, they kind of take, they mobilize. This is my response to my own. My own mother was very depressed as well. Not, yeah. not, not to the extreme mm -hmm. that you're describing, because there was too much like alarm-based sort of activation going on there, where it was like she had to kind of get up and work. Okay. Um, like my father was it was a farm, and it was like, you know, yell, 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 get up, mm -hmm. get out. Like I don't know what would have happened if she was kind of left to her own devices. But did she use substances to cope? No, no, well, no not really. Like coffee, yes. Like okay. like so much coffee, mm -hmm. which is coffee is a substance. It is. It, it really is. is. It's so stimulating. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, like I could, I have, I, I don't drink coffee, but the times that I have, I thought, whoa, this, <laughs> this is, <laughs> I'm very, ready to go. Very powerful yeah. substance, right? Yes, yeah. Lots of coffee to mm -hmm. rev up. Mm -hmm. But you know, my nervous system response for the most part, I had one crash now that I deem that I realize, oh, that was depression. But, you know, my reaction to that depressed mother was like, I'm, my system was like, well, I'm just going to take care of myself. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Which is very societally praised and not considered neurotic or, or, or a per that a person needs help. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. If you're just out there taking charge of everything, you're good. That's You're good to you go in doing. this society, right? Yeah, yeah. So, like, that could be one child's response to that mother's depression. Mm -hmm. And then they are carrying kind of all of these unmet attachment needs, but they look okay because they're performing in society. That's all we care about in this society is performance. Yeah. But that doesn't mean true well-being. Mm -hmm. You bring that nervous system to a relationship with a child. Mm -hmm. Do you think you're going to meet their needs? No, because you're of the mind and experience that yeah. life is hard and you just pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Because that's kind of how your nervous system reacted to that situation. Which is kind of how my grandma reacted right? to my mom. So then that your grandma had the alpha response to the depression. Mm -hmm. She brought that nervous system to the child, unmet attachment needs again. Her reaction, depressive. It's not a genetic thing. It's like a genetic lineage. I would say, like, much more experienced than yeah. genetics. Although there's an interesting thought when you think about it. An egg, in an egg, like, your grandmother was carrying in her eggs the eggs of inside of your mother that is you. Yeah. Like, there's just so many, like, like fractals of, like, like yeah. literal eggs. Yeah. And, like, all of that DNA, mitochondrial DNA is all through the female lineage yeah like you were literally inside of your mother who was inside of her mother yeah and like those were the conditions mm -hmm. I think I think you could go even um, more kind of energetic or spiritual and say like that you were there for that yeah you experienced that yeah right yeah. I guess you could call that genetic maybe yeah but I think we just think of genetics as like this thing I inherited, like yeah. a pea plant, so so binary and so yeah. like I have literal a, I have blue, blue eyes. eyes. It's just not yeah. that, you know. That's a really reductionistic, mm -hmm. I think, way of looking at it. Yeah, I agree. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So okay, the postpartum thing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what were we gonna what were we gonna talk about there? Like, why does postpartum happen? Yeah. I think it maybe is like uh, childbirth trauma. Childbirthing, birthing is 
such a pro such an experience yeah. right I think it could be that yeah I don't think that's the only thing it, it could happen from yeah Maybe. Well, think about the conditions of a birthing mom in our society. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are they supported? Are they well taken care of? Did yeah. she go to a hospital? To have a baby? Yeah. Yes. Medicalized birth. Look at that right there. Yeah. <laughs> Medicalized birth, non-supportive, emotionally abusive right? partner throughout the pregnancy. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Totally. There you go. Right yeah. there. There's a, yeah. there's the cause. I don't think postpartum is just something that oh poof just happens yeah. and there's just no reason for it at all. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like I still think that it's like definitely the chemical imbalances because like your hormones do get out of whack, but then mm-hmm. a few days and like that's the baby blues, but then it becomes this chronic postpartum depression, which actually gets like a DSM diagnosis. Yeah. It's like. But what do our chemicals respond to? Attachment. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, how are we calmed and how are we taken care of and how do we, like, you know, yeah, you could look at it and say, look, there's a chemical imbalance. Mm -hmm. Why are these chemicals imbalanced? Or how do we bring them, restore them to a state of wellness? Are the hospitals... Through relationships. Yeah. Are the hospitals supporting attachment? No, they take not. your baby away as soon as you they give yeah. you that they give you sometimes they give you that skin to skin but then they're going to take your baby away and give them a bath and wash away all those yeah like like I'm pretty sure that the babies are born with like this coating on them yeah, that yeah. helps you attach to them I don't mm-hmm, remember what mm-hmm. it's called but then yeah. they take the baby away and they wash that off and yeah. they, they yeah. take like yeah. let the mother sleep and then it's like well that's some that's some serious time there that totally the the baby should definitely be with the mother. Oh yeah, in my opinion, everything is off with the medicalized yeah. birthing process. Yeah, like, all of it. It's very disempowering. Yeah, I've heard a lot of mothers say that they were like basically violated by like the medical professionals, like people who are kind of looking at them as like like just just like doing this birthing thing, like yeah. not humans. Yeah, you know. Like, the labor in room, whatever. Yeah. Oh, I'm just going to see how dilated you are. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, um, that's my body. Exactly. Yeah. Not asking for consent. Yeah. Not honoring the person's intuition. Like, yeah. there's just so many things that are setting people up to feel yeah. that way or to just be so overwhelmed that their system, like, is just, like, goes into a shutdown response. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And, like, I I think, like, in a community, like, if you're in a tribal society or attachment-based community, there'd be, like, people around you helping you out (laughs) where you wouldn't be, like, so exhausted. Like, Mm -hmm. physical exhaustion can, like, lack of sleep, like, that can send anybody into depression or, you know, even psychosis, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. hmm. it's all this pathologizing reductionistic stuff that's like mm-hmm. it kind of just takes people away from normalizing it and and saying like well what would what would the answer be mm-hmm. we've just become come to accept that our society is normal when like our society isn't yeah normal in terms of like what our nervous systems need mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right you should do the next episode on anxiety now <laughs> <laughs> Girl, that would be a whole other thing to dive into. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, 
alarm. The fight-flight response. I think the fight-or-flight response definitely contributes to depression as well. Maybe. Yeah, well, like, I was thinking, like, so Dr. Newfeld, my mentor, he's kind of said some different things, Mm -hmm. and um, he he uses different language kind of according to his attachment-based paradigm, which I think is a lot better way to make sense of things than our disorder language. Um, but yeah, he talks about um, three primal emotions being uh, having the job of solving the problem of separation. Because mm-hmm. attachment is what we need, mm-hmm. um, and separation would be the threat. Okay. Right? Like any, any sort of separation, not just physical. Mm-hmm. Like emotional separations, like not being known, not mat, not feeling like you don't matter, mm-hmm. feeling like you don't aren't part of something, that people aren't loyal to you, that you don't belong, that you're not the same as mm-hmm. those kinds of things. Those would be separation threats, um, and that these three emotions resolve that, which is the alarm. Mm-hmm. So that's like anxiety would be chronic alarm, mm-hmm. alarm you to caution if you're like oh no oh no I'm mm-hmm. I'm not getting my attachment needs or there's a threat mm-hmm. um, frustration would be like we feel frustrated when something doesn't work attachment not working makes us highly highly frustrated mm-hmm. and then pursuit is like close the gap okay. like intensified pursuit so he talks about um, fight flight freeze as kind of these kind of other responses and he would he as in flock because mm-hmm. like those experiments were done the fight flight freeze experiments were done with animals in seclusion mm-hmm. so they they didn't have the opportunity to flock which oh, would okay. be like the the first response hopefully unless attachments are themselves threatening places mm-hmm. but if you feel safe then you should flock mm-hmm. right like if there's a disaster you're not going to run around and go where's the food where's the water you're going to say where's husband where's my wife where's my child where's grandma Mm -hmm. right so like flock would be the first but then if you if the attachments themselves are sources of the threat Mm -hmm. then you kind of have these backup options so the fight would be like frustration Mm -hmm. fight frustration um fight flight would be the alarm Mm -hmm. like if you just need to get out of there Mm -hmm. and um freeze would be sort of like um a shutdown, like a parasympathetic shutdown response. So which one did you argue that anxiety is? Oh, that would be like the, the flea. The flea. Yeah. And then which, yeah. like, attachment style do you think that that originates from? Well, he doesn't talk about attachment styles. No. He's not down with the, like, typologizing of attachment. Okay. Yeah, it's a whole different paradigm. It's a whole other world. <laughs> yeah, I can see. I got to show you this stuff. Yes. It's great. Yes. It's great. It's a really much more insightful way of understanding people. Yeah. Because it looks at the brain as like, like the brain is trying to do its best to like preserve attachment, make needs, you know, survive in the face of these separations and like manage and like, yeah. it, it looks at every emotion and every impulse and every um, instinct as like trying to resolve a problem or do a job and yes they get stuck and whatever 
um, but like how how do we work with them to get them unstuck mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. yeah it's beautiful. it's beautiful have you ever seen Ma- Maslow's hierarchy of needs mm-hmm. how the food is at the base and the water and the shelter and then yeah. the emotional stuff is at the top mm-hmm. one of my professors said that we should switch that around and she thinks that all the emotional stuff should be at the bottom it's true it is really yeah. Attachment, like, so what Gordon says is attachment equals survival. Mm -hmm. Because we have attachment instincts because the, if you're attached, then someone is taking care of you. And that, that increases the chances of them, you know, feeding you, taking care of you, survival. Mm -hmm. We're not just like reptiles that go out there and like, grab, like, here's another thing Gordon said that was a really good way of making sense of it. If we're lost in the woods, Mm -hmm. away from all of our attachments, literally lost, literally lost we're not like we don't just like start walking along and start eating the berries and foraging and going oh well let's find some things to survive Mm -hmm. our instinct is to get back home Mm -hmm. like get home yeah (laughs) you're not like oh well i'm in this situation you know (laughs) let's just live here like who's here where am i gonna go exactly yeah where am i gonna live Exactly. Who's gonna Who's gonna love me? Who am I gonna talk to? Like you go insane after two days. Yeah, you're not like do do do. Here's the berries. I'm good. Yeah. You're like I need um, to get back to my spouse and my children. <laughs> yeah. And my mother and you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like the instinct is togetherness. We take care of each other. That increases our chances of food survival, shelter. Yeah. Da 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 da. Right. So yes, attachment instinct is the thing that our brain does. So to tie this all back into depression. Yes. You believe, Nicole, that... (laughs) So to tie this all back into depression, so um, we're thinking that attachment is a big contributor to the possible implications of getting depression down the road for someone. Oh, well, yeah, that's my paradigm. Yeah. Yeah, that's my paradigm. Yeah. Well, and, like, Inside Out was really good at showing that, like, how sad... Did you watch Inside Out? Yes. Okay. So sadness isn't available. Yeah. And sadness is this mechanism of adaptation that helps us transmute the things that don't work into, like the grief and and um, being able to move forward mm-hmm. and be changed by what doesn't, um, but we what we can't change, right? Mm-hmm. So we have adaptive mechanisms built in. That's mm-hmm. the sadness. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not just like, oh well, you know, if things didn't work. Let's all just lay down and die. Yeah. <laughs> Right, we we can we can grieve what we lost and what mm-hmm. we did, what didn't work, what mm-hmm. we didn't get. Mm-hmm. Um, but her control panel went black mm-hmm. when the sadness was gone, mm-hmm. and that's why I think symbolized depression. Mm-hmm. If we if we lose our sadness, we lose our ability to to go into the sadness mm-hmm. and actually grieve all those things, all those wounds. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, that's the difference. Mm-hmm. Right, but if we're pressed down upon emotion, then and we don't have the sadness. We've lost the tears because because we're just hardened up. We're just numb. Yeah, or numbness. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Then then yeah. Or you don't want to feel, There's or you self medicate yourself so you don't have to feel. Exactly. That's another thing. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I think the like not feeling is what like reduces the capacity like the brain is like okay we had this we had this we had that but we lost all these things so it's like it doesn't have much left other than the shutdown mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. these are like the these are like the back 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 
like Andrew's was like bottom of the line. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, th- there was this, but we lost it. There was that, we lost <laughs> it. There was this. Okay, it's like worst case scenario, we, we can just, worst case, worst case scenario, we can just shut it down. Yeah. Right? There's too much overwhelm. There's too much stress. There's too many of these unprocessed wounds over time piling up, piling up. Nothing is getting better. We shut down. And, and then, then it's just... Your body doesn't take care of itself. Like, yeah. all your other systems are impacted. Yeah. Which is why people yeah. get physical symptoms of mm-hmm. depression, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. What, what's... That's your body saying that it's in, like, a survival mode almost. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So that's how I look at it. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good analogy. Yeah. So it's not like this, like bad thing like it's an it's the last ditch effort to just like yeah duck and cover and survive yeah and then as as social workers it's kind of like it's our question to be like how do we turn these systems back on yeah slowly but surely how do we bring sadness back into the exactly to the panel and be like here Mm -hmm. you know i love that the panel (laughs) the panel right the inside out movie yes exactly you know back to the the brain control zone the yeah. headquarters <laughs> yeah i was picturing like a panel like all oh, the community like, yeah but that's to in my mind like wellness and functioning is to you need all the emotions because they all have the jobs mm-hmm. way more than inside out mm-hmm. way more than five right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like so many mm-hmm. so many jobs mm-hmm. but then those things start getting cut out because mm-hmm. they weren't you know invited mm-hmm. into the important relationships Mm-hmm. Right. If there's no room for that, and you have to, your brain has to choose: do mm-hmm. I get the attachment or do I keep this emotion that I need? Not not deliberately choosing, but like instinctively. Mm-hmm. Well, then you just cut that out. You just repress that. Yeah. I just need to to be a good little girl to get love in this family. Yeah. But you can't sustain that long term, right? Yeah. I think one of the things I'm going to take with me into my practice is just. When someone's crying, I think the number one thing that someone thinks to do is hand them a box of Kleenex. Mm. And by handing someone a box of Kleenex, I think you're telling them to stop crying, soak up your tears. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, like you're allowed to feel what you're feeling. Mm -hmm. You're allowed Mm -hmm. to cry. Like by handing them a tissue box, it's almost like suck it up. Yeah. Stop crying. That's a shame. I'm uncomfortable with that. Can you like like, stop it? Yeah. So, like, I think that's a good analogy for how society kind of feels about depression as well. Like, um, here's this box of Kleenex. Like, soak it up, man. Totally. Figure it out. We don't know what to do with you, so. Yeah, here's some pills. Um, Here, we're going to do this. We're going to shock your brain. Hopefully something, you know, works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like. Yeah, we just want you to just miraculously come back to normal. come back to life. (laughs) Like, um, actually, there's. Like, you got to do a lot more work than that. Yeah. I think there needs to be more resources put into that situation. Pro more programs for what you were describing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. I agree. But I also think ultimately, like, it's not about programs. No. Like we've just gotten off on this idea that some professionals are the answer. Yeah. Whereas, like, we, ju- we just need each other. Mm-hmm. Like, we need communities. We also need people to teach that, though. Like, we need the cultural rituals, yeah. actually. Yeah. The rituals just teach it. Yeah, teach right? it. And for it to be just like a norm in mm-hmm. society. 
yeah. the norm to not be, oh my goodness, this person can't get out of bed. Like, oh my gosh, they have to go on welfare. And yeah. We have to support them. It's like, well, if we would have had things in place to begin with, yeah. then maybe that wouldn't have happened. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, We're just like so far off. <laughs> no! Oh, I, think, I think most people just can't even like conceive of it, right? Like, so much of my day goes into thinking about this kind of stuff. Well, mm-hmm. I've, just, I've sat and thought about it. Like, like obviously, because it's impacted my life so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. for sure. For sure. Yeah, I've kind of come to conclude that, like, we're... I, I just don't know if we'll get there within this societal framework. Like, mm-hmm. it's just so far away mm-hmm. from, like, the the model of, of wellness, which I have... Per- personally seen with my own eyes functioning in in the high andes mountains of peru mm-hmm. where people are living together they do take care of each other mm-hmm. not one of them sits there and worries and thinks about you know whoa what if i don't pay the rent next week i'm going to be homeless they're not homeless mm-hmm. they all work together they all share their resources yeah they take care of each other mm-hmm. they they're they don't their kids roam free in the village mm-hmm. don't worry about somebody like stealing them or hurting them or yeah like it's you wouldn't conceive of that. You've known that person since the day you were born. Like, yeah, it's they're really, really well, like, functioning. I think what it comes down to. They don't even to, have a word in Quechua for depression or suicide. Yeah, I think what it comes down to is materialism and yeah. and consumerism and oh, yeah. the first people just wanting to have as much money as they can. That's where they base their value. Yeah. Like, do I have a nice house? Do I have a nice car? And then they get so stressed out trying to keep up. (laughs) And then depression. And then depression. And then depression. And then anxiety. And then... Yeah. Yeah. Well, the whole working, like, paradigm of, like, the industrial complex is just just keep going and never stop. Yeah. We need to make more money the next quarter. We need to keep making more money. There is no time for rest. Yeah. At all. Yeah. So you start to rest, you start to go down, you start to go down, and you think, oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no, this is really bad. Yeah. I gotta, like... People don't view rest as a good thing. Yeah, exactly. But, like, rest is important, and doing things that you like to do are important. Yeah. Self-care is important. Um, and I don't think that's very valued in our society. Like, sick days are for when you get a cold. You don't yeah. get mental health days. What are those? Yeah, exactly. But even, like, you know, like, if someone, like, lost someone or there was, like, something difficult in their life and they they should really, like, for their health, Mm -hmm. take a break, Mm -hmm. go into that, feel that sadness, have those tears, do what they need to do. Mm -hmm. But there's not, like, the allowance for that. No. So, like, all of these wounds just build up and pile up and they're they're not dealt with. Yeah. You're supposed to just keep going forward, keep plowing on. Yeah. It's like, that's gonna um, come crashing down. Yeah. <laughs> it's only a matter of time, but think right? about Think about it, like, how many people have, like, people in their family who have passed away, and mm. they haven't had that proper grieving time. There's yeah. another There's another way that someone can get depression, because totally. they're just, yeah. you know, forced to suppress those emotions. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Even, like, the normal changes of life, right? Like, someone doesn't even have to die. It can just be like... Well, I don't know, uh, you know, I'm changing my job or I'm changing my, like, something about my identity is I'm shifting. Or, or, yeah, you get unwell. Mm-hmm. Like, 
times of wellness, times of unwellness. That's life, right? Mm-hmm. But you're not supposed to get unwell, Mm-mm. right? So it's like, well, figure that out. Just pull yourself together and perform. But that's, that's like a very short-term state for the brain to be able to just perform. Mm-hmm. Not, it's not like a sustainable life. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yeah. Broken system we got going on. Brain's here. like, well, if if you don't, you know, if you don't like deal with this, we're just gonna shut. We have to pull the plug. Yeah. Right. I don't know. Th- those are some of my interpretations, anyway. But yeah. Anything else you kind of would wanna? Um, I touched on a share. lot. <laughs> I think I think also COVID has an impact on oh, like God, present day yeah. because like obviously like we all shut down and yes. then what does that say for yeah. our society and yeah yeah for sure yeah covid's a whole other whole other bag to get into oh yeah oh yeah just yeah. more disconnections more people losing things that they were attached to or relationships or fighting and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. name it yeah mm-hmm. Not been good. Not been good. <laughs> not been good. So let's just so. appreciate that <laughs> depression is very evident, and uh, we all have probably encountered it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would love to like talk to the people in Peru and just be like, "Did you know that Western people suffer in this way?" They'd probably just be like, "What?" <laughs> yeah. Like, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't get it. Yeah. Miserable lot. But then we'd be like, but look, we have a West Edmonton mall. Like, what do you guys have? Um, actually, we have mental stability. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, we got some potatoes, some corn. <laughs> we some love guinea each other. pigs. Community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're good. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> no, actually, we need fancy things instead. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, granted, I mean, there's a lot of tough things I'm sure they have to endure, but they've got the proper grown-ups mm-hmm. and well-balanced humans to, to mm-hmm. do that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyway, that was a really beautiful experience to, to go there and mm-hmm. realize that. That would be a nice place to Cause, go. Because when you're just, like, seeing the society as it is, it's like, oh, well, this is the way it is, or mm-hmm. this is the way it should be, or has to be, mm-hmm. or there's no other framework, right? Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing all of that stuff. Anything, any last final comments, remarks? No, I think, awesome. I think we touched on a lot. Yeah, yeah. Just a tiny little dive and go <laughs> yeah. the other side. Yeah. Yes, great. Well, yeah, if you think of anything else you want to share with me at a later point, I'm more than happy to to sit down again or just sure. talk. Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay, fantastic. We'll wrap up there then for today. Okay, thanks.